This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Pierce. Buries it. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 212, episode 212 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, part of the Big Night Media team is some great podcasts like the Wicked Fast Podcast, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, Daycations, Be Fit, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, 30 Flirty and Surviving, and Drinks After Work plus so many other great podcasts on the way. If you're into sports cards, you can always check out Card Vault Breaks on Whatnot, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can always check them out in person at Patriot Place out of Foxborough, Massachusetts, or go down to Connecticut and check them out at Foxwoods Resort Casino. You can always follow Big Night Media on Instagram at Big Night Media and check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday, your chance to win free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live. You can support the podcast by going to BigNightShop.com and buying yourself some Banner Banter Podcast merchandise. And quick little announcement, I got to be mentally ready to do this, but it's coming back. The morning after every single playoff game, there will be a brand new episode of the Banner Banter Podcast. That's right. 8 a.m. the next day, right after the game, I will be recording a podcast to recap each game of the playoffs. Hopefully, we do about 30 of them so the Celtics win the championship. That'd be great. Okay, super. So, current state of the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics have won three straight games after beating the Sacramento Kings last week, 132-109. to Then they came home and beat the Pacers, 102-95. to And then over the weekend on Sunday, they beat the... Uh, who do they beat? Why am I having a brain fart? Oh, the San Antonio Spurs, 137-93. to This week, they are on the road tonight versus the uh, Washington Wizards at 7 p.m., and then they are on the road again to play the Milwaukee Bucks at 7.30 p.m. on TNT, and then come home to play the Utah Jazz on Friday at 7.30 p.m. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the game on Thursday is massive. The game on Thursday is going to make a break if the Celtics even have a shot at the one seed. Very important. We're going to talk about all of that very shortly. But just so we all know, the Celtics are currently two games behind the Milwaukee Bucks for the one seed and currently three games up on the 76ers. Technically three and a half because they have the tiebreakers, but we won't spiral there, right? Okay, yeah, we're going to just give me a second. So let's break down the final seven games for the Celtics, Bucks, and the 76ers to see where the seeding is because I believe home court is very, very important for this Boston Celtics team. I know they like to make things more difficult for themselves, but this team, if they can get a good opportunity to be at home, they should take full advantage of that. So the Celtics have the Wizards, Bucks, Jazz, 76ers, the Hawks, and the Raptors twice to end up 
to end their season. Three road games, four away games, including the final three games of the season, all at home. So really, when you think about it, when by the time the play-in's over um, and they start playing their first round games, the Celtics are going to be home for like two and a half straight weeks, which I believe is a good thing, but who knows with this team. Now, as far as injuries go, Peyton Pritchard, he's still hurt, and it's still a mystery when Gallinari will be playing. Hopefully, he's back maybe second round. Clearly, I was way off with my prediction, but it was just a hot take. So the Celtics have two back-to-backs left, and one of them is actually this week, Thursday against the Bucks, and then the next night, they come home to play the Utah Jazz. The Bucks, they've won seven out of their last ten games, obviously playing very well for a very, very long time. They have the Pacers, Celtics, 76ers, Wizards, Bulls, Grizzlies, and Raptors. Three road games, four home games, and two back-to-backs, including the one this week. They play the Pacers on Wednesday and on the road and then fly back to Milwaukee to play the Boston Celtics on the second night of a (sighs) back-to-back. Here's the thing. They have no injuries. They're like, they're just resting Giannis whenever they feel like it, resting Drew Holiday whenever they feel like it. The other night, Chris Middleton dropped like 34 points as the number one scorer when Holiday and Giannis was out. Kind of annoying, but we'll talk about that later on. The 76ers, they've lost three straight games. Embiid and Harden both didn't play against the Nuggets last night due to injuries. Embiid with a calf, Harden with an Achilles. And I don't know if you remember me saying this on the podcast a few weeks ago, but I said this West Coast road trip for the 76ers could make or break the standings, and they finished this road trip 1-3, and and because of that, now the Celtics are three games up. So the 76ers, they have three road games left, four home games left, and one back-to-back, and they have a very tough schedule. The Mavs, who I know are kind of in shambles right now, but still a very good basketball team. The Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, the Hawks and the Nets. Literally, the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Hawks, and Nets are all in the top seven in the Eastern Conference. They're playing five out of the top seven teams in the Eastern Conference to kind of end the season. So the 76ers do have a tough schedule. Now, remaining strength of schedule, according to tankathon.com, 76ers second, Bucks fifth, and Celtics seventh. So that's obviously interesting because the Grizzlies. Bucks game could be important, but it really depends on where the Grizzlies are in the standings. Could be where the Bucks are in the standings and well as well. Do they know that they have the number one seed wrapped up? It's all going to be very, very interesting. So is there a way for the Celtics to get to the number one seed? It's clearly the hot debate. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I know I mentioned last week, I think the Celtics have the two seed on lock and it kind of looks like it's going to be that way. So really the only way that the Celtics could win the one seed and kind of take it back what you know because it is theirs they had such an incredible regular season until they didn't but they would obviously have to beat the milwaukee bucks on thursday night at 7 30 on tnt on the road and then you would have to have the 76ers to beat the bucks as well now the 76ers are two and one versus the bucks six bucks this season which i think would you know kind of is a good thing for the celtics so I believe if the Celtics lose to the Bucks or the 76ers, that just means they're most likely getting the two seed. But when you look at the schedule coming up, I think the Celtics go six and one. I do think they lose one of those Bucks or Celtics games. I mean, Bucks or 76ers games, but they can beat the Wizards. They can beat the Jazz. They can beat the Raptors twice. And then the Hawks on Easter will be tough to see how much rest they're putting in the players. So the Celtics cannot go anything like they can't do anything worse than five and two. I think they're going to go six and one the rest of the way but they cannot do anything worse than 5 and 2. I think the Bucks at worst will go 5 and 2, like 
if if you look at it, they're going to beat the Pacers. They're going to beat the Wizards. They're going to beat the Bulls. They're going to beat the Raptors. But could they go four and three by losing to the Celtics, 76ers, and Grizzlies? Eh, I don't know. I don't know about that. We'll we'll see. And then I think the 76ers are going to go five and two to end the regular season. So if the Celtics go five and two, and the 76ers go five and two, and the Bucks go five and two, then everything stays put, and the Celtics have the two seed. So really, the Celtics would have to go seven and zero. Oh. Or five and two, or six and one, and the Bucks would have to play five hundred basketball the rest of the way. So I think it's going to be really, really tough for them to get the two seed. I mean, the one seed, and I think the two seed is basically locked up. Like the Seventy Sixers, literally in the matter of two days. I think April second they played the Bucks, and April fourth they played the Celtics. And that April fourth game, the Celtics will be on like two or three days rest, and <laughs> the what two nights before the 76ers are playing the Bucks, so again it's going to be very tough but when you also look at it as well the Celtics could have a tough time versus the Raptors playing them twice they are fighting for a play-in spot especially possibly even home court in one of the games to hopefully make it into the playoffs so that's going to be interesting too but if the Celtics do beat the Bucks, they win the season tiebreaker and they already have the tiebreaker over the 76ers so it could come down to tiebreakers, and if the Celtics can win this game on Thursday, they already that means they'd have the tiebreaker over the 76ers and the Bucks. So that'd be crazy. Now, as far as the rest of the Eastern Conference goes, I'm keeping an eye on the Heat and the Nets, and here's why. Obviously, the the Nets, I know they came back from like 25 points and destroyed the Celtics, and that should have been a win for the Celtics, blah, blah, blah. They have some young talent, blah, blah, blah. But the Heat in the playoffs are no joke. They're obviously very good. The game slows down. That is their type of style, physical basketball. That's what Eric Spolstra loves. Now, right now, the Nets and the Heat are tied for sixth place, but the Nets have the tiebreaker. Now, we all know anything after the sixth seed, you're part of you're part of the play-in. The Heat have the Raptors, Knicks, Mavs, Pistons, 76ers, Wizards, and Magic left, and the Nets have the Rockets, Hawks, Jazz, T-Wolves, Pistons, Orlando, and the 76ers. This will most likely be who the 76ers play if the Celtics can secure the two seed. If the Celtics move on to the second round and the Heat move on, I'm, I'm sorry, if the 76ers move on to the second round, you'd obviously want a very tough physical opponent for the 76ers to wear them down, and that would be the Miami Heat. So I think it'd be really tough for the 76ers to play the Heat, They, you know, Embiid versus uh uh, Bam Adebayo, then you got Harden versus Jimmy Butler, like that can wear those guys down or it could just be a sweep, who knows, because the Heat have not been very good this year, they've been very up and down, but that would mean the Celtics would have to play either the Hawks, the Nets, the Raptors, or the Bulls in the playoffs in the first round, I, I'm, I would be confident in that type of situation. So what can we do the rest of the way to make sure that the Celtics can keep this two seed and or hopefully get the one seed? When you look at it, the Celtics are 4-1 and one in their last five games, and it feels like they've found Celtics basketball again. And yes, I've, I know they've played some horrific, terrible, historically bad defenses, but sometimes you just need to get back to what's working, and when it starts going well, you build your confidence up, and next thing you know, the Celtics are playing great basketball. On defense, most importantly, they have the second-best defensive rating at 104 in the last five games. The third-place team is at 109. But in the last three games, things have changed. And I wonder why. Oh, yeah. Time Lord, Rob Williams, he 
he's back. And since Rob has been back, the Celtics' defensive rating is 96.4. That is fucking insane. That is absolutely fucking insane. Last five games, defensive rating, 104. Last three games, defensive rating, 96.4. That's insane. Rob has come back, and he's been coming off the bench, and he has been awesome, like straight up awesome. 18 minutes per game, 64% from the field, plus seven overall, seven points, eight boards, two of those boards being offensive, and two blocks a game. And if Rob can give us that off the bench and give us like 22 minutes a night, like three or four minutes more a night in the playoffs, what else could you ask for for the guy if he's going to be coming in off the bench and averaging a double-double and causing absolute hell on the defensive end? Rob changes everything for this basketball team. Teams don't drive as much. It limits their offensive rebounds. I mean, if you remember last week on episode 211, I went on a absolute rampage about offensive rebounds. Before the All-Star break, the Celtics allowed the fourth least amount of offensive rebounds then post all-star break it was 10th and then the five the four or five games uh before that it was like they were averaging 12 a game which was like bottom five since rob has come back they have allowed the second least amount of offensive rebounds at 6.3 rob has come back and the offensive rebounds for other teams have been cut in half that is insane to think about absolutely fucking insane i want and i will say this again Rob Williams needs to come off the bench. I've been talking all season long. Is Rob a starter? Of course. Would I want Rob to end games? Yes, but Rob doesn't need to start. Rob's not one of those dudes. He doesn't care. He just wants to play basketball. Rob coming off the bench is great for this team. Now, obviously, if they have to play the Cleveland Cavaliers, sure. Mobley and Allen, two twin towers, sure. You want Rob and Al out there at the same time. But if it's only one big... Who cares? Like, seriously, who cares? Um, against the Bucks, yes, they have Giannis. Yes, they have Brooke Lopez. But Tatum can guard Lopez. Maybe not in the paint, but, you know, you can trap, you can help, you can rotate properly, all those type of things, because Al would have to focus on Giannis. Or Tatum can focus on Giannis, whatever the case may be. But Rob doesn't need to start against the Bucks. He can come off the bench, try and limit Bobby Portis. You know, thing, things like that. Rob off the bench is key. And then let's talk about the offense the last five games. The last five games, the Celtics have the best offensive rating in the league at 125.9, shooting over 40% from three, 30 assists per game, 12 turnovers per game. It literally sounds like we're back in November of 2022. The offense is working the way that it used to, and that's very important. The Kings game, they only had six turnovers. Six. Six motherfucking turnovers. That's like 1.5 turnovers per quarter. That's insane. And they had 33 assists. But the other thing that's working, and something that I've been begging for for weeks and weeks, Jason Tatum is taking less three-pointers. Kings game, 14-25 overall. 2 of 7 from 3, a.k.a. 12 of 18 from inside the three-point line. 12 times 2 is 24. Wow, that seems like a lot of fucking points. And he also took 11 free throws. Pacers game, 13-24 from 3 overall. 3 of 9 from 3, a.k.a. he went 10 of 15 from inside the 3-point line and took 6 free throws. Huh, what a concept. Jason Tatum scoring over 20 points inside the 3-point line? Hmm, what a concept. If Jason Tatum can give this team 3 out of 8 from 3 every night and then 11 of 17 from inside the 3-point line and basically go 14 to 25 while taking 7 or 8 free throws per game, what else could you want while he rebounds in 
gets others involved. What else could you want? And then, you know, oh, by the way, Jalen Brown, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Congrats to him. We're not doing sudden dud of the week this week. We're just not. Sorry. Uh, Jalen Brown dropped 27 points twice last week and then dropped 41 versus the Spurs. His, I believe his third Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Maybe his second. I think it's his third. Hopefully he doesn't listen and is like, see, they don't care about me. Uh, that's not the case at all because J- go ahead everyone say it with me Jalen Brown is the most important player on this team now he got a standing ovation uh him being Jalen Brown after he dropped 41 points versus the Spurs so he's wanted he's needed he's appreciated but seriously if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can take 45 plus shots per game each and have only 15 of those be threes and then the rest are all inside the three-point line and then they're going to the rim and taking free throws well maybe not Jalen well hopefully he can do it like just let your stars cook the right way play defense take care of the ball limit offensive rebounds and stay strong mentally and the Boston Celtics could be back like for real they they look very very good and it has to continue tonight versus the Washington Wizards at 7 p.m. The Wizards are 3 and 7 in their last 10 games. Their only wins have come against the Pistons twice and the Spurs. Terrible team, terrible team, terrible team. Bradley Beal not playing. Kyle Kuzma not playing. And for those of you at home that may or may not live under a rock, Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal are two of their top 3 scorers. So the Wizards don't have two of their top three scorers playing in this game. Since the All-Star break, bottom 10 def- uh, defensive team, bottom 10 offensive team. Their bench is atrocious, except for Johnny Davis. I think he's from, uh, is he from Wisconsin? Yeah, I think he came from Wisconsin. He was drafting, this, he is a rookie, so good player. But again, not really concerned about him. Then you got Chris Chris Pas Porzingis. I can never pronounce his name. Um, KP6, as people call him. You know, he'll get his. He'll drop 25 points, get 10 boards. You know, you you know what you're going to get from him. Then they got uh, Kispert. He's a good shooter. Nothing special. I wouldn't be surprised if they sit Jalen in this game. Um, just to get kind of Jalen a night off. He deserves a night off. He's been playing very well. Obviously, his mask is going to be staying on. His mask could stay off. Uh, or could come off if he wanted, but he said in an interview the other day with Abby Chin, his mom still wants to keep it on, and it's tough to say no to your mom like that, you know? So we'll skip over the Bucks game real quick, and we'll kind of end the podcast that way, but you got the Jazz game on Friday night, and it's really fucking simple. Allen Robb didn't play last time, and they got 17 offensive rebounds, and since this will be the second night of a back-to-back again, Allen Robb probably won't play either. So, I don't know, rebound the ball, somebody, Blake, Number 12, Cornette, Jason, Jalen, um, someone, Derek, Malcolm, Hauser, anyone. I mean, the Celtics, the last time they played the Jazz, they lost by one on the road by allowing 17 offensive rebounds. So maybe don't do that again. Tatum shot four of 12 last time, and eight of those were three. So I don't know. Maybe don't do that again. Marcus Smart didn't play in this game. And by the way, Marcus Smart's been kind of annoying lately. Like, he needs to shut up with the refs. I know he's passionate. I know he believes he deserves more respect as the uh, reigning defensive player of the year. But, I mean, he got tossed versus the Spurs. But relax. It's the Spurs. Like, he's been getting a lot of tease lately. And I, I don't know. So maybe don't do that again. Like, Tatum performs well like he did against the Kings and the Pacers. Jalen continues to get his. Marcus is back and knows his role and shuts his mouth. We're good. Listen, I love Marcus Smart's passion. I really do. 
but there's no need for you to get tossed out of the Spurs game, man, when you're up like 20 points. There's just no need for that. All right, let's end with the preview of this Bucks game because it's obviously very important. It's You could argue it's the biggest final game of the season for the Celtics. I really don't consider the 76ers one a big one since they already won the tiebreaker. It's April 4th. uh, My mind could change next week when I do the podcast, but we'll see. So the Bucs are playing in the second night of a back-to-back. They're playing the Pacers on the road on Wednesday night. The Bucs in the last 15 games are 11-4 and with the best offensive rating in the league, seventh best defensive rating, third best field goal percentage, sixth best three-point percentage, second best rebounding team, second most assists per game, top 10 in blocks. And everything that I just mentioned is better than the Celtics minus the defensive rating. The Celtics have the second best defensive rating in the last 15 games. So as of right now, the Bucs do better, basically do everything better than you. And if you want to run like a, a draft by players, I think the Celtics have the better players, top tier players. And but the how can I say this the right way without getting crucified? You can argue that the Bucks are playing like the better team, even though the Celtics are deeper. Okay, so obviously the number one pick would go to Giannis, then Tatum, Brown, Holiday, Middleton, Lopez, Smart. Yeah, I I just said Chris Middleton because I think Chris Middleton's back, and that's scary. Marcus Smart, Horford, Derek White, Brogdon, Rob, and Crowder. That's kind of how it goes, and it literally just sounded like when I mentioned Horford, White, Brogdon, Rob, and Crowder, it was like the Celtics like six years ago. But this team is very deep, and Chris Middleton, like I said, may officially be back, and I'm nervous about that just a little bit. Not a lot, baby girl, but just a little bit because Chris Middleton has always been a Celtics killer. Always. In his last 11 games, he's averaging 19 points, six boards, and shooting 35% from three. And now technically, when he used to be their number two scoring option, technically he's either number three or number four, depending on how well Brooke Lopez Lopez is playing. And Holiday, Drew Holiday has been incredible this year. Definitely now the number two guy with the Bucs. And I mean, their bench is legit too. Pat Connington, local kid. Bobby Portis, Joe Ingles, uh, Carter, Crowder, Drogic. Wesley Matthews, I mean, all those guys are legit. And now the Celtics are, have Brogdon, Rob, number 12, Sam Hauser, and maybe Blake Griffin. Because that's going to be an interesting piece going forward. How deep is Joe Mazzulla going to go in the playoffs? And we'll talk about that um, when the playoffs do get closer. But are we going to see a lot of Blake Griffin? Are we going to see less of Sam Hauser? Are, like, is number 12 going to be playing more minutes? Who knows? But you got to win the non-Giannis minutes. You really do. Marcus needs to play like the defensive player of the year that he is, especially against Drew Holiday, since he creates so much for the Bucs on both ends, defensively and on the offensive end. You have to rebound the ball. Horford has to be classic Al Horford versus Giannis. And to be honest with you, number 12 does too. I mean, number 12, you know, as much as we bash on him, he is good against Embiid at times, uh, Joker sometimes, Giannis sometimes. So number 12 has to be physical, use his body, and defend very, very well. But if you can be physical and defend against this team, remember, you have the second best defensive rating in the league in the last 15 games. Use it to your advantage. Listen, if they lose this game, it's not the end of the world. Because a seven-game series for the Eastern Conference Finals is much different than anything else. But you also can't get blown out either. 
So if the Celtics lose by three or four points, it was competitive the whole way. You know, it's not like they were up 20, let them come back, or they were down 15 and then came back. If this game's competitive the whole way, they only lose by three or four, that's going to happen in the playoffs. It's not like you're going to sweep the Bucks if you do see them in the playoffs. You get what I'm saying? So keep it competitive. The Celtics can win this game. The Celtics should win this game. The Celtics have the ability to win this game, but you just can't get blown out because right now, whether you're a podcaster, a season ticket holder, uh, an average fan, a Boston media person, you got to treat this team with care because uh, we all know they're a little mentally soft, and that's okay. But a win like this on the Bucks on national TV can go such a long way, but I also don't want it to stroke their egos too much that they kind of take their foot off the gas because they're playing good basketball in the last five games. So... 7.30, Thursday, TNT, it's a big one. It's not make or break, but if you want home court, especially as a season ticket holder like I do, I would love home court. It's a big-time game, and hopefully the Celtics can have a big-time game and show up and get a huge win against a very, very good Milwaukee Bucks team. But that's it for episode 212 of the Banner Banter Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. Just a reminder... New episode after every playoff game coming forward. And we're also going to be doing the Celtics watch parties again uh, with Green Runs Deep, the whole crew, everyone over at Big Night Live. We're going to be bringing back the Celtics watch parties. More information uh, coming up very, very soon on that. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Uh, Everyone stay safe. Have a great week. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.